I'm MJ and my husband Apoc and I are planting a church in Anaheim Hills, California called Zion Church. Our mission at Zion is to create spaces for God to dwell and for hearts to be transformed by the love of Jesus. So whether you're here for the first time or you're joining us again, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you're looking for a church community or are wanting to partner with the mission of Zion, there are two ways you can do so. The first one is joining the launch team. As we continue to connect and serve our community both in person and online, we are needing your help. You can join the team by going to zionchurch.live launch. Second, you can become a financial supporter. We understand that we cannot do this alone. As a church, we believe that we don't just meet to meet, we meet to meet the needs. And in order to effectively meet those needs, it requires the generosity of people like you and me. You can go to zionchurch.live slash give to become a financial supporter. On behalf of our entire Zion family, we want to say thank you. Hello and welcome to Zion Church. My name is Apoc and my wife and I have the honor and privilege of serving this incredible church community. Whether you're here for the first time or you're part of our family, thank you for being with us and we believe God has a word for you today. Next month, we are starting our brand new relationship series and I gotta tell you, I am so pumped. We're gonna be hearing stories from our very own church community about their journeys and how both singleness and marriage are a huge part in our spiritual formation. We'll be kicking off our relationship series on February 6th at our in-person gathering. So bring a friend, bring your Bible, and let's grow together. Today, we are officially wrapping up our series, The Year of the Lord how your best year is already here. The central theme of this series has been that through Jesus, we don't need a new year to experience all that God has for us. We also don't need a prophetic word over our year. And if we miss that word, then we miss the blessing. No, the year of the Lord is here now because Jesus is the year of the Lord. The year of the Lord isn't about material blessings or goals or resolutions but a person, and his name is Jesus. It's an invitation to put our trust in Jesus. On week one at our in-person gathering, we talked about how fasting prepared Jesus for the year of the Lord, and how this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting is an opportunity for God to make his kingdom come inside of us too. And can I just say, this season of prayer and fasting has been absolutely incredible. We have heard many praise reports of God doing extraordinary things within our Zion family. On week two online, we talked about how the year of the Lord frees us in areas that we didn't know we needed and reveals who God is pursuing. We went through Luke chapter four and saw how the people hearing the message of Jesus were convinced that what they needed from God was to be freed from Roman Empire. But God wanted to free them from the grip of Satan. We discussed how not much has changed and how a lot of the things that we perceive to be the root of our problems usually differ than what God thinks. We also talked about how the central theme of the message of Jesus 
was that the year of the Lord was first and foremost for the poor, imprisoned, blind, and enslaved. And how in order for the listeners to receive the benefits of the year of the Lord, they needed to come to terms that they too were in fact poor, imprisoned, blind, and enslaved. And a huge part of receiving the year of the Lord is admitting that we need Jesus too. We cannot allow pride or stubbornness to get in the way of deep transformation. And last week, at our in-person gathering, we spoke on the subject, the devil is a liar. We went through John chapter 8 and read the story of how Jesus calls all those who rejected his message, sons of the devil. But the point he was trying to make is that the devil will always try to attach our faith into individuals and make idols out of them. In order for us to fully enjoy the benefits of the year of the Lord, we must resist the urge of attaching our faith to people, entities, and personal experiences. And we ask the question, are we allowing our truth to become our trap? The devil will turn an event into an identity. And we cannot reject the teachings of Jesus all because of something someone told us or because of an experience we had, whether they were good or bad. So today, as we finish this series, I want us to go back to our key verse in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I want to teach on the subject, anointed. Let me pray for today's message. Holy God, thank you for this moment. Thank you that we can gather under the banner of Jesus to know you, to love you, and to serve you. God, I pray that this message would help us know you more. I pray that it would challenge us to make us more like Jesus. Open our hearts, our minds, and our ears to hear what you have to say today. We give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Bible, the word anointed means to be set apart. As we read through the Old Testament of the Bible, we see that it was a sacred ceremony where they would pour oil over someone as a way for people to know that this person was set apart by God to do a special assignment like king or priest. We see it in stories like King David. So I want us to bring this context of anointing to our key passage. Jesus comes into the scene in the New Testament, and there's a fundamental shift in the concept of anointing. As he reads the words of the prophet Isaiah in Luke chapter 4, he declares that God has anointed him to usher the year of the Lord. But here's the thing. As Jesus goes through his ministry on earth and culminates it with the cross and the resurrection, we are presented with this truth. The year of the Lord didn't end with Jesus. It began. Jesus came to usher the year of the Lord, but that's now, but now he's left that to all those who put their trust in Jesus. What a message. This brings me to my first point. When it comes to the year of the Lord, 
God's anointing isn't exclusive. Jesus was anointed to introduce the year of the Lord, and now that same anointing is inside every single one of us. We are no longer waiting on a singular person to lead the charge in changing the world. We don't depend on an exclusive group of people to advance the kingdom of God. No, the year of the Lord is a declaration that through Jesus, we are all now invited to spread the good news to all those we know because we have been anointed. This is a very necessary shift for us to understand because though many of us grasp that we don't need a person to get to God, like in the Old Testament, we still operate like this when it comes to the work of the ministry. We'll say things like, oh, they have the anointing when referring to someone who possesses the gift of teaching or preaching. I know what we're trying to say, but this isn't what Jesus wanted when he built his church. Did you know that you have been anointed for full-time ministry? Yes. If you are a believer of Jesus, you are anointed and fully equipped for the work of the ministry. The type of work might look different than mine, but it isn't lesser or more. It's just different. That's the beauty of the church. That's why the Apostle Paul refers to the church as the body of Christ. We truly are anointed to perform different tasks, but all with the purpose of bringing glory and honor to our Lord Jesus. Look at what the Apostle Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The apostle is speaking to the church in Israel who clearly understood the priesthood process. What he is telling them is that the same process that God used to exclusively select a few people in the Old Testament is the same concept he is using now to inclusively select the entire church. For what? To proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to speak into someone who has been feeling like you're not good enough or you don't measure up and tell you this, God has anointed you. Let me say that again. God has anointed you. You have been anointed for the work of the ministry. Yes, you. But this is a danger we make when we make anointing exclusive. We make it out to become something that isn't for everyone. And that's just not true. God desires to use you right now to advance his kingdom of love and grace to all those around you. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8:11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. What a beautiful promise. The Apostle is telling us that the same Spirit, the same anointing, the same power that resurrected Jesus is living and operating in our lives. It's easy to live our Christian lives feeling powerless, but that couldn't be further from the truth. 
You have been anointed to do extraordinary things for the glory of Jesus. Here's my second point that I want to make today. When it comes to the year of the Lord, we are anointed with a purpose. We are anointed on purpose and for a purpose. And it's not for hitting goals or making gains. These aren't necessarily bad, but it's not the aim of God and should not be the ultimate aim for us as believers of Jesus. The anointing is not to move our agenda, but to move the agenda of Jesus. The anointing is also not to gain power and have people serving us. I think because of our struggle with viewing the anointing as exclusive, we create environments where we excuse spiritual immaturity and sometimes even abuse in the name of honoring the anointing in men and women. But again, the anointing of God is for every believer and has a very specific purpose to usher the kingdom of God. So going back to verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As Jesus reads these verses, Jesus was clarifying to the listener of his wife. Jesus was anointed with a purpose. He came to this earth on purpose, for a purpose, to redeem the world, to bring us back into right relationship with God. So let me ask you this. Do you know your why? Do you know why the Holy Spirit lives in you? Why you've been anointed? I know many of us have made goals for this year, but at the core of it, why are we trying to accomplish these goals? A big part of living the year of the Lord is understanding our why. The year of the Lord isn't a message of your best life. It's not a motivational slogan. It's a declaration that we have been set apart. We have been anointed to serve God and serve others just as Jesus did. Jesus, as he read the words from the prophet Isaiah, was declaring to his audience that he came with the purpose of serving humanity and not to be served. Jesus, in another occasion, tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to become first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." Jesus had to clarify to his disciples about his why and their why. They were arguing about who would sit where in his kingdom and about the rankings, but Jesus sets the record straight. We exist to serve and not to, and not to be served. And not just that, but to give ourselves. That means that we give ourselves completely for the service of others. This is so countercultural. In a world that is looking out for themselves and trying to push their agenda and brand, we exist for others and to push the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus, 
Come on, wherever you are at today, can we just lift the name of Jesus for a moment? So let me finish by asking you this. Are you aware of the anointing of God over you? And if you are, how are you using that anointing? I want to pray for you today. I believe with all my heart that 2022 is the year of the Lord. This is the year where you will see your neighbors and your co-workers encounter the love of Jesus. I believe you are going to create spaces for God to dwell and for hearts to be transformed by the love of Jesus in your own life and sphere. You are anointed, my friend. I don't care what others have said about you. I want to tell you that God has anointed you to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for your anointing over us. Thank you because the same spirit, the same anointing that lived in Jesus now lives in us. Thank you because your anointing isn't exclusive to a certain group of people or gender. It's for all those who confess Jesus as Lord. God, forgive us if we have ever doubted your anointing in our lives. Forgive us for creating systems and environments that have fostered exclusivity. For that, we repent. Thank you because we don't need to search for our own purpose anymore. We have been anointed on purpose and for a purpose to usher your kingdom. God, forgive us for using the anointing to move our own agenda or push our own name. For that, we repent. We commit today to use the anointing to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And now, God, we declare that this is the year of the Lord. We declare that this is the year where those who are far from God would come to life in the name of Jesus. Those that we have been praying for will come to the knowledge of Jesus. We declare that you are going to move mightily in our lives and in the lives of those who we have been praying for. We declare that you are bringing good news to the poor. You are freeing the imprisoned. You are giving vision to the blind and setting the oppressed free. In Jesus' name, amen. Now before I go, I, I want to give someone who has never given their life to Jesus to do it today. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you don't follow him. And there's something inside of you right now that is nudging you. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. God wants to use your story, your life right now to make a difference. And it all starts by asking Jesus to come into your life. Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you today to give you my whole life. I need your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I would have the power to know you, to serve you, to follow you. My life is not my own. God, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if you have a testimony to share about today's message, we'd love to hear it. Email us at info at zionchurch.life. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And let's keep creating spaces for God to dwell.